श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय श्री सीताजी को पाओ की जाय श्री जीव गोस्वामी प्रभुपाल अविभाव महोत्सव की जाय ओ भक्त बृंद की जाय ओ प्रेमानंदे so today is the appearance day of Jeeva Goswami. And so, on such days, it's appropriate to, as we can remember them, there are so many holidays, holy days, in our Vaishnav calendar. One needs an app for that, for sure. Um, but uh, I was reminded by Simone, um Ashram Maharaj of that, so I thought we'd we gather this evening and and to speak a little bit about Jiva Goswami, important person in our uh, Sampradaya, one of the founding members. And um, as it is with all of such personalities, associates of Mahaprabhu and their appearance in this world dating back over 500 years, the, uh, the history, if you will, hmm, as we think of it, factual and all, um, is difficult to uh, sort out in, in a definitive way. And, uh, and it should be noted that um, there's a reason for that, a couple of reasons for that, but that aside... The idea of objective history is rather elusive in any sense of the term, even as much as we um, uh, in the modern society are preoccupied with that, the actual historical facts and so forth are, um, well, uh, quite debatable most of the time, especially these days. <laughs> There's a theory, uh, another theory for, for everything. Hmm. Um, there's a conspiracy behind everything too <laughs> but um, so objective history is uh, um, not the objective of those who wrote um, about the lives of the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, but they used some objective uh, historical facts and so forth Based their writings on, and the primary writings that we have that I'm aware of with regard to the life of Jibu Goswami are two books, Prema Vilas by one Nityananda Das and Bhakti Ratnakar by must be Narahari, one Narahari Das. And they are decades apart in terms of when they were written, and they were written in different parts of the country. I believe Prem Balas was written in Bengal, and um, Bhakti Ratnakar um, likely was written in, in Vrindavan. Hmm? And um, they uh, have uh, some differing f- facts, it would, as it would appear, uh, to the story of the life of Jeeva Goswami. But again, they were um, not really preoccupied with... Um, historically nailing down all the actual facts of Mahaprabhu's or of Jiva Goswami's uh, life as much as they were of painting a picture of the life of Jiva Goswami in a particular way in terms of the uh, 
the feeling and the insight and uh, so forth that he uh, represents as a spiritual person, capturing the feeling of the time hmm, of Jiva Goswami, so to speak, the bhava of it. And um, the kind of writings that these two, of course, are called hagiographies and they're religious biographies that, uh, that again, aren't that... Uh, they're kind of like based on a true story, as I sometimes describe the Leela. And then some liberties are taken to draw points from that uh, true story with regard to liberties, with regard to the, the details, in order to emphasize certain points that, that are uh, accurately representative of the person and his or her words and so forth and so on, putting words in the mouth because they know him so well. Hmm? They know. This is what he would say. Hmm? That is a very empowered editor. <laughs> the likes of which uh, I don't think are at hand with regard to uh, Prabhupada's books that have been re-edited. Not that I want to bring up that issue and I have a different opinion from everybody on both sides of the fence on, uh, than that, which is typical of me. But, um, but at any rate, these are the two books that we draw some historical information from. And um, of course, Jiva Goswami, we know, is the nephew of Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami. They were his uncles, in other words, and their brother, Malaba, also known as Anupam, Anupam was uh, the father of Jiva Goswami, and the three brothers, and eventually the son or nephew, uh, Jiva Goswami. They all were living in in Bengal, hmm? and uh, they all hailed at the same time from a, their family uh, tree from South India. I think they were from what was called Gaur Saraswati Brahman families. Hmm. The gore here uh, doesn't have anything to do with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and it has everything to do with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, I suppose. It seems quite appropriate, although technically it didn't at the time um, say anything about him, um, who had, he who had not yet appeared, but who became the very center of the lives of, of um, Rup, Sanatan, and Shijiva Goswami. Hmm. Um, that the families, the ideas moved moved to Bengal, and um, and the elders Rupsanatan of Jiva Goswami were, of course, engaged in the government uh, service, which was the Muslim rule at the time. And um, according to the spiritual or religious, I should say, Hindu religious climate of the time which typically, in any time, is less than spiritual. Hmm? I often, as you know, differentiate a religious orientation to life from an spiritual experiential, orient, spiritual experiential orientation to life, a mystical approach to the tradition that, that seeks to embrace the heart of a religious tradition and one that gravitates towards the outer fringe of uh, Often, often resulting in misidentifying principle details for for principles and and um, uh, bickering within and with other sects with regard to 
such details largely and so forth. This is usually uh, the the larger section hmm, of the uh, uh, religious um, sect and the mystical orientation to it is smaller and often criticized even by the larger um, body of um, of members misunderstood. Hmm. Um, I mean, it goes so far as to appreciate something about another sect at times. It gets pretty bad, in other words. That would be thought from the religious point of view of the mystics within the tradition. Um, they speak almost a different language mm. to those who have a very strong religious uh, orientation. Um, so, that as and at any rate, the, these great persons... Rupa Sanatan, they were working in the in the government, and it was not really a, uh, as much of a choice of theirs as their much as it was a fact that their good qualities, which were so extraordinary, were heard, had been uh, uh, passed on. They, they were heard about by the uh, local uh, administration, some type of king or. Nawab or something, Nawab Sainsa, whatever Nawab means, anyway, sometimes the local king. Um, and um, hearing about their qualities, a, there's a nice story to that. I can't ever, usually can't remember the details, but the king um, had uh, um, a, a minister whom he asked something of and a question of, and and. The minister was afraid if he answered it one way or the other way, he'd have his head cut off. It's kind of a trap. He felt like he was a bit stuck between, as they say, a rock and a, and a hard place. So he said, "Let me let me think about that," or something. And he went, and he and um, he happened to run into his root Sanatan, who could look at him and understand he was troubled and had something on his mind. And and by looking at him and assessing him, they brought it out, and then they answered the question. Hmm. Um, and he was startled. He went back to the king, gave the answer, and, and the, the king got it out from him that he had got the answer from somebody else. I think they cut his head off. And anyway, they went and got Rup Sanatan, and he wanted them. You will work for me. You are like good advisors, wise people. So they were very learned. They they spoke many languages. These are the elders then of Jivasami, Rup Sanatan. His, Balaba, I'm not mentioning as, as, as much, but he was uh, in the picture, but uh, not to the extent that he became um, as involved in the uh, in the government. Again, not by choice on the part of Rupa Sanatan, but by the choice of the king. And these were Muslim-run times, and uh, there wasn't really a court of appeals uh, <laughs> in those days, to put it uh, mildly. Uh, so, at any rate, uh, not, not that they were intimidated and forced or, or, or so, but they didn't hold any objection, and they were very um, uh, balanced and um, and capable of giving both worldly and spiritual advice, as it was called upon. They saw a place for both. In their later years, of course, Rupsanatham were known in Vrindavan for this, such that people would go, the ordinary people who didn't have much of a spiritual uh, interest perhaps, but they had love for Sanatana Goswami, for example, the elder. Hmm? 
Rupa Goswami also. But Sanatana was more of a philosopher than Rupa Goswami, and they would they would go to him and ask ordinary questions about everyday life, dilemmas that came up in their life, and he would give wonderful answers. And it said that when he always used to keep his head shaved, Munda Baba, shaved head Baba, and that when he left the world in Vrindavan, everybody, man, woman, and child, shaved their head. That's just to say, we we follow him. This is kind of allegiance he had without trying. Again, we're back to the beginning of the story, if you will. Without trying, they became the heads of the government, really, such that if the Nawab was off on some some military um, or pleasure expedition, Sanatana Goswami was in, in charge of the government. Hmm. They were given titles, Dabir hmm, Khas and Sakar Malik. These are some kind of titles. Hmm. Um, although they were very high up, and they didn't work their way up, they didn't aspire to attain such a position, um, and they offered their fair and balanced advice. Um, and even while engaged in the government um, service, they were also engaged in their bhakti. Hmm? And um, they created a vir- virtual Vrindavan in their home town, with a Radhakund and a Govardhan Hill and so forth. Sanatana would spend all of his spare time, it's told, reading the Bhagavatam, surrounding himself with pundits and so forth, which ultimately got him in trouble with the king. Hmm? And um, it just became too much, his preoccupation with the uh, with the Bhagavatam, that he couldn't report into work uh, for a few days. And so the king, taking exception to that, present him and Rupa Goswami escaped and, and so it began hmm, as witnessed by Jiva Goswami that his elders left home hmm, and a you can imagine a very comfortable worldly um, situation working so high up in the government hmm, they had everything that a, a man could want materially speaking hmm. they had a good um, savings of gold coins, and we see from their actions that they they saw no difference between them really, gold coins and a lump of earth, as it's mentioned in the Gita. Um, they left home. Sanatan was incarcerated and bribed his way out somehow with with again his very good. <laughs> tactful speaker <laughs> and uh, the gatekeeper the, the prison guard was a, was a Muslim so he preached to him from the Quran anybody who if you give anybody liberation then if you're assisting that you yourself will go to heaven so if you liberate me from jail he reasoned like this and on top of that I have a few gold coins over there and you can you can take them and so forth so he escaped ultimately and walked across India. Hmm? He walked across Bengal, hmm? um, all the way to what Banaras, hmm? and there he met um, Mahaprabhu. From there he was sent on to 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 Vrindavan. Hmm? 
and uh, dressed himself like a like a Muslim uh, mendicant, so because he was a well-known person, hmm? and uh, he was uh, escapee from from jail and so forth. So disguised himself as such. When Mahaprabhu saw him in Benares, when he he was living with Chandrasekhar there and uh, Tapan Mishra, and he said, a, a, a great person is at the door. Go and let him in. They went and they saw this Muslim guy with a beard. It's just a Muslim fakir. And he said, oh, no, that's him. Let him in. And then he came in and Mahaprabhu embraced him and said, now you should put on Vaishnav dress. So there is a Vaishnav dress. Some people argue that at the time, they were wearing dhotis, but everybody wore dhotis, so it's just normal dress. And so just wear whatever dress you want in society and and uh, is the teaching. But actually, there was a Vaishnav dress at the time that distinguished the Vaishnavas from other sects and so forth. They had a uniform, sorts, a decorum of attire and, and all, favorable for bhakti, as it's described by Bhakti Manolatapur and Nisharanagati. Um... And so, this way, Sanatana was schooled by Mahaprabhu, and uh, a little earlier from that, of course, Rupa Goswami had been schooled at uh, Prayag, and, and as I say, the uh, their their nephew Jiva Goswami was just a young boy. Um, I don't, he did not meet Mahaprabhu, hmm? um, but um, he saw this. Example: They gave up hmm, worldliness without thinking about it. Hmm? They, they knew there was there was there was no risk involved. <laughs> it was it's risky to hold on hmm, to that which you don't have. That's not yours. You think about it. It's risky to hold on to that which is not yours. You might get caught. Hmm? and nothing is yours. So we think to let go will be risky. What will I have? Hmm? But to think that I have something and act as if it's mine, when indeed it does not belong to me at all, and time at least will take it away, that is a risky life, risky proposal. Pujapadshita Marsh used to like to say, first we will think, all risk, nothing to be gained. I'll have to give up all these things. What will I gain? Some, they're talking about something. I can't see it. It sounds good at times, but then again, I get inspired, and then then I reason it away. <laughs> well, it wasn't that great. Uh, and there are other things that are due to do, and they're important too. And if I risk this, what will be my position, and so on. Hmm? But in time, he said, then well, if we make some risk, some investment in the invisible, hmm, following the sound and the heart feet of the sadhus who are not standing, who are not floating. They actually stand on very firm ground. The ground is invisible, so it looks like they're floating. Something like that. But strong ground. The ground of being. Hmm? And standing on that ground, they call to us, hmm? hearken to us. If we listen and take, make some investment, then in t- due course of time, we'll see, we'll think, no risk, there will be no gain. We'll start to understand what I'm saying. If I don't risk, there'll be nothing to be gained because I'm risky business as it is. These things are not mine. I'll be apprehended. Hmm? The environment will come and say, you took, now you owe. Hmm? So off to work you go. Hmm? 
And from nothing risked, nothing gained, we will think nothing risked, all gained is the reality. First we thought all risked, nothing gained. Then we got a little intelligent from good association. We thought, well, nothing risked, nothing gained. I'll risk a little something, see if I gain. And as we gain, then the equation converts out on the other end and we our experiences. I risked nothing. Hmm. I thought I had something valuable, but it was nothing. And it wasn't even mine at that. I risked nothing and I gained everything. Hmm. This is our reality and spiritual uh, pursuit. Hmm. Now the Gosamis, they exemplify this. Hmm. They stood on firm ground that Jiva Gosami could see. You know, these days, people will renounce for different reasons, hmm? I guess in all times. Hmm? And it gives renunciation and religious life, monastic life, often a bad name. Hmm? You can find young men in India who, who couldn't make it anywhere else, so they become a sadhu. What kind of sadhu is that? Usually not a very good sadhu. Hmm? Maybe sometimes, a good association, but that's a rare life, actually. So, when you find highly educated people with all anything, anything a man could want, hmm, and abandoning it at all without thinking about it, following Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, how attractive Chaitanya Mahaprabhu must have been! And they heard about him. They heard about him in Navadvip and and going to Puri and conquering the kingdom there as a young sannyasi. 24 years old. Hmm? They wrote to him, hmm? we want to join you. He wrote back to them a secret letter speaking about Parakya. He said, do your duties very nicely. Hmm? Just like a wife who's got a lover and doesn't want to be caught. She does her home duties very nicely. Hmm? And then she won't be caught. And then time will come for some opening, something like that. So they, they waited and they followed that and they to the kingdom and the duties as much as they could and they found an opening. They left and Jiva Goswami saw this. Hmm? Hmm. It made a, you can imagine, a very powerful impression, sanskar on him, what the elders will do. And it was the noblest thing of the time. Hmm? They did not leave the, uh, they did not pursue religious life for money. They had money. Hmm? That was not their interest. And they did not pursue, uh, what, uh, money. They didn't re- pursue religious life merely just for religious life. They, they were interested in something much much deeper, the unseen truth, the invisible. <coughs> and so, anyway, off they went. They made a powerful impression on Jiva Goswami. They followed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What a time that was, you can imagine. Hmm? How Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would see how he was attracting such powerful, influential people in society. Rupa Sanatana, they were very influential people. Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, Prakashananda Sarasati, hmm? Prataparudra Maharaj, Ramananda Roy, very powerful people. He wasn't bringing up the, the, the people who couldn't do anything else. And so they said, well, become a sadhu. <laughs> uh, Something like that, but they had you know, very, very capable, had much to offer materially to the world. They 
gave it all to Mahaprabhu. So Jiva Goswami was impressed. It is said that he came before his mother hmm, said that he wanted to follow his parents and become a sannyasi. And she said, very good, but of course you have to shave your head for that. Hmm. And wear the, the saffron cloth. So she thought she would scare him a little bit. Hmm. This is pretty scary, actually, to, to most people, this idea. Hmm. Prabhupada himself said, I was petrified at the idea of taking sannyas, but my Guru Maharaj came and told me in a dream, you must do, and so, and just see. Then he said, I left my family, now I have so many sons and daughters and houses all over the world, Krishna's provided. Hmm. But the boy, Jiva Goswami, was not intimidated. He showed up the next morning with a shaved head and wrapped in a saffron sheet and so forth. <laughs> so his mother was a little scared. <laughs> she tried to scare him, but she became a little scared. And at an early age, he left home and went to Navadweep. There it is said that he got the shelter of the darshan of Nityananda Prabhu. And there he was advised after having a tour of Navadweep and seeing it through the eyes of Nityananda Prabhu. He was sent to Benares to learn, to get an education in philosophy and theology. He learned all the systems of philosophy of the time. There were the Sad Darshan, Karma Mimamsa, the Vedanta, of course, the Nyaya, the Vaisheshika, uh, Yoga of Patanjali, and so forth. He learned all these. These were the, all, these were the philosophies of the whole time, of the, of the, of the world, hmm. the world of India at the time. Hmm. It was um, a rich time, and uh, and so he got that kind of a secular education, if you will. Of course, the secular education at the time would be look somewhat spiritual from our perspective, to learn about yoga <laughs> and uh, nyaya. So they all had a general idea about life's goal, hmm, for the most part, um, except for the materialists, Charbuck. And, uh, but anyway, he learned all these things. Nowadays, people think to be Krishna conscious, you cannot read anything else except Krishna conscious books. Then you won't be able to talk about them effectively anywhere if you don't know what the currents of thought are um, at, the, at, the, at the time, hmm? of the time. Not that we should go and make an effort to read every book. Nowadays there's too many philosophies out there and most of them not worth um, worth worth reading. But at any rate, my point is he was well-informed as to the thinking of the times, and then he learned to think about it from the perspective of Mahaprabhu's teaching, and um, ultimately he came to reside in Vrindavan, where the famous six Goswamis of Vrindavan, as they're called, hmm, um, began the movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on that side. It was also some beginning on the Bengal side, and the influence of Nityananda and so forth, as we've discussed at other times. But... Um, the Goswamis weren't from Vrindavan. They all, they were in another sense, uh, coming from Vrindavan and appearing in, in Bengal, joining Mahaprabhu from the from Nitya Vrindavan, from the Nitya Lila. Um, but they settled anyway in Vrindavan for these uh, for this purpose, for writing and uh, excavating the places of Krishna's pastimes, uh, teaching bhakti and so forth. 
and Jiva Goswami was one of them, the famed, as they're called, six Goswamis of Vrindavan, the, the, the Shastra gurus of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? And among them, Jiva Goswami was, I believe, the most prolific. I think he wrote uh, 400,000 verses. Hmm? That's quite a bit. Um, Like, I think the Mahabharata must be 100,000 verses, like four Mahabharata, which is the longest epic in the world. Hmm. Um, so he was quite uh, um, uh, prolific in his uh, writing, and he tended to focus... He had a very beautiful style of writing, I should say, um, that even when he would write about the Leela, hmm, he would write about the Leela and, and bring in the tattva. So he would Leela and tattva mixed together and so forth. So he was, had a philosophical uh, bent of mind. Um, his uh, famous Satsandarbha is um, is a, a veritable commentary on, on the Bhagavatam, although he wrote his own commentary on the Bhagavatam, Kramsandarbha as well. Um, and he wrote commentaries on the commentaries of of others. He wrote commentary on the Rupa Goswami's book, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, his Ujbal Nilmani also. Um, many books. Hmm. His final work, I believe, was the Gopal Champu, which is a narrative of the entire uh, Boma or Prakat manifest Leela, very beautifully done in the Champu style. So very uh, prolific writer, and he developed the the term. The, the term really first comes in Brit Bhagavatamrita, Beda Bed, uh, in Gaudiya Sampradaya. That's a book of Sanatana, the first book of our Sampradaya. But Jiva Goswami developed it, the Chinti Beda Beda theory, and uh, I think he brings that out in the Sandarbhas, hmm? um, which is the kind of the name, if you will, of our uh, school of Vedanta, how we understand um, reality, be, reality to be one and different to be imminent and transcendent at the same time and so forth. That's a big uh, topic, of course. Um, but um, his uh, philosophical writing was um, uh, very much forms the, the philosophical foundation of uh, Gaudi Vaishnavism. And uh, Satsandarva is particularly uh, interesting. He took, Sandarva means like a necklace, so he took verses of Bhagavatam and strung them together and and um, in there he explained what is bhakti, what is preeti or prem, hmm? and um, who is Krishna, hmm? and uh, other than other than who is Krishna, which is part of the sambandha, gyan, knowledge of how things are related. Um, he also gave the whole of the further the sambandha gyan with paramatma sandarbha and. Bhagavat Sandarbha, Bhagavat Sandarbha, Paramatma Sandarbha, Krishna Sandarbha are all Sambandagyan. And then you have the Bhakti Sandarbha, which is the Abhideya, and the Preeti Sandarbha, This is a book about the Prayojan, the goal. Hmm. So this is a major um, contribution. It behooves us to become uh, familiar with that as much as possible. We pay great tribute to Jiva Goswami on a day like this to remember him and uh, and think how at such a young age he left. He was the youngest of the Goswamis. Hmm? He said to have been an initiated disciple of Rupa Goswami. He's Rupa Goswami's only dis- initiated disciple, it's, it's thought. Hmm? 
And uh, this way he sets a very extraordinary example for us. We don't have to wait till old age. Prabhupada used to say, of course, that what is old age means close to death, and no one can say that they're not close to death. So it's always the right time to do the right thing. Hmm? And uh, and we see when when people do that, have such conviction, they, they do a lot for the world, as Jiva Goswami has done. So you can make a mark. Hmm? You can, you can, uh, it's hopeless, really. We, we may feel like that at times. The world situation is hopeless. How we can help it? What can we do? Hmm? It's, just, it's so many problems, so much hypocrisy. And, and those who cry hypocrisy are hypocrites. Hmm? It's the Kali Yuga on, uh, to the nth degree. Uh, uh, so how you will sort all that out? Uh, it's very so. Therefore, we may gravitate towards. Oh, just I'll become spiritual. I'll do that and sort myself out. But if you do this right, then you can do the most to change the world as well. But as I said before, great people like Jiva Goswami, these people always stand out in the world as much brighter and lasting lights than anyone who's accomplished and becomes known in any other field hmm, of expertise, whether it be athletics or the arts or politics, a great man by or woman by uh, ordinary by material estimation from a philanthropic and altruistic point of view even, which moves in the, in the spiritual direction of self-sacrificing but does not go the distance, if you will, those who have, uh, as I say, stood on the ground of being, hmm, made their stance there and turned their back on exploitation, hypocrisy. This is, this is the outer side of it. We often emphasize the other side, the inner side. Bhakti is so great because it is super uh, transcendentalist, post-liberated. It, 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 it extends beyond... Mukti and Gyan and, and and so forth and we should be careful while we should be careful to talk about that and be inspired about that in such a way that it actually changes our life in here and the now and and that that way we can be a body of evidence really for what we talk about because to turn one's back on the world is supernatural. <laughs> Nitai's brother he. <laughs> He lives in a temple, and he, and his mother and father have passed away. No, your father hasn't passed away, but he's kind of out of the picture. Um, but um, he's he's um, close with his grandparents, his grandfather. And his grandfather th- says, "Okay, yeah, that guy, he he's a saint, right?" Does he say that about your brother? He doesn't say that about you. <laughs> he's a saint. Oh, yeah, he lives, he lives in a temple. He's a saint. And that's how he explains him to us to his uh, friends and so forth, associates. So, um, yeah, this is, you can become, I want to say, a body of evidence for people that gives very good reason for them to have faith in that which they cannot see that you talk about, that animates you and motivates you to be the person, the visible person that you are. I mean, we've talked about this a little earlier here while, while I've been here, but the idea, it's a very kind of dynamic idea of what 
for example, sadhana is. Sadhana bhakti is that practice that is aimed exclusively at helping us to become what every human being thinks we should be. Unbiased, fair, hmm? um, uh, always doing the right thing. Hmm? Uh, I mean, everybody agrees that Everybody agrees, oh, you can't really do that, but they all, one way or another, they try and systems of education and so forth and in the field of work and so forth. These, if you do anything, anything that's like, like I excited the guy who found $300,000 in the taxi cab in cash, the taxi cab driver in Las Vegas. So he returned it. So he's on TV and celebrated. You could do such a thing. You know, this is a great person, an extraordinary person. Hmm? So these types of things, this is, this is what sadhana is about. Sadhana bhakti or spiritual practice in general is the, that's ego-effacing is the only path that is exclusively dedicated to helping you be, as I say, what every human being thinks. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Hmm? And then it, and whatever they see, something to that extent manifesting in a person, it's celebrated and and he's immortalized and 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 so on, isn't it? So this is not just some you know, crazy thing to be done often, often in the jungle. It, it really is what um, it is very. It's it's specifically designed hmm, to enable you to be all the things that that you 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 you, you would your parents hoped you could be. <laughs> Be and then realize, well, that's a little, you know, our expectations were too high. We're all human, something like that. Hmm? Because we're all human, it's impossible. Therefore, what I'm talking about is transcending the limits of humanity, one's passions and biases and prejudices and uh, and so forth. Hmm? This stands then as a body, a personification, an embodiment of very powerful and compelling evidence for people hmm? that will make what you talk about that is invisible, that animates you, hmm? credible in their eyes. Hmm? And so you can, you can, it's not hopeless. Hmm? You can change the world. Look what Ajiba Goswami did. Obviously the world's going on, but, but here we are hmm? thinking about that, that it's possible hmm? because of persons like him, his contribution. So if you make some contribution like that, as Pujapachita Maharaj was saying the other day, take responsible service. And it will not uh, go in vain. It will not go unnoticed. The world will notice you. Hmm? You will benefit from it. And it's hopeless otherwise. What will you do? A patchwork, fix the whole thing. How will you, who will you elect and who will you, what will you change from one regime to another? And the same problem is there. Our humanness, that's the problem. Jeepu Gribu Goswami was supernatural. Hmm? You've heard of Mr. Natural? No, you probably haven't. It was a long time ago. It was like the first health food store. <laughs> Mr. Naturals, something like that. So this is supernatural. Super, you know, it's one thing to eat good and be healthy. <laughs> but we are interested in the supernatural. And, and to demonstrate that there is something that transcends matter... We can demonstrate that by transcending the limitations of humanity. Of course, you have to eat something, you have to sleep, and so forth, but, but still, there are things that you can do that people think is impossible. And 
when Prabhupada was asked for miracles and that, that kind of thing, he said, yes, I have a miracle. This boy has given up sex. That is my miracle. And I said, well, pretty good. <laughs> Something like that. That's pretty good. Was that he could have you know, showed some gold or something like that. It would have maybe got more attention, but an intelligent person would think, that's pretty good, and that's an intelligent reply, and so forth. I've taken these boys and girls and they're changing their lives, and and so forth. And quiet the crowd. So these are the kind of uh, miracles, really. But Jiva Goswami and, 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 and persons like him, they show us it is possible. Well, for them, Hmm? No, that's their teaching for you. It's possible. That's the teaching. And they've given so much help through the writing and example and so forth. So on days like this, we remember such personalities and pray to them for strength to be the kind of persons that um, that the opportunity before us hmm? um, um, that, uh, that is, speaks to us about. The possibility of you couldn't do a better thing for yourself and for the world. All right, Shri Jiva Goswami, Prabhupada ki jai. Shri Sri Dalji Gopal ki jai. Shri Vasnav Guru Pampara ki jai. Bhagavad Gita.